Welcome into episode 112 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Today, I'm happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Gobi Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic, Jack. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing great. As promised, we so earlier this week, we did a little episode breaking down Jalen Duran's commitment to Memphis, kind of what it means for the program. He reclassified to 2021, bunch of uh, craziness going on there, and kind of just what, you know, Kentucky's roster is finalized for this upcoming season. Uh, so we kind of put a bow on that and, you know, kind of broke down how we got to that point, our expectations for this upcoming season. And as promised, we're going to deliver a recruiting only edition of the Source of Say podcast to get you all into the uh, beautiful weekend that we have planned. So, uh, Sean, let's jump right into it. Kind of want to go kind of one by one of Kentucky's top targets, what the latest is with that in in the class of 2022, when we could see a a timeline for a commitment, those sorts of things. Um, Sean, Shaden Sharp is the guy that everybody keeps talking about who, uh, for my money, is the number one player in the class of 2022. I think he's, uh, you know, I think the most dynamic scorer in the class. Every time I've seen him, he just seems to keep getting better and better. I kind of compare him to a more – advanced Malik Monk at this stage which uh, as you watched in college Malik Monk was one hell of a player so certainly something Kentucky fans should be excited about Sean just before we get into his recruitment what do you like about about Shaden Sharp and uh, what his addition would mean to to the program I think it would signal that Kentucky's back to the elite of the elite if uh, if they're able to land Shaden Sharp you know Matt Norlander actually put out that he's the lock of all locks, right? <laughs> to go to Kentucky, which you can't get any, you can't get any more solid than that. Uh, I mean, obviously the crystal ball, future cast, they're both trending towards Kentucky. It, it would be a massive pick. And to me, it would be great to be, for him to be the first one to join Sky Clark in that class. You need to jump on the gun here uh, with an elite prospect and kind of get that class jump started now. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you kind of forget that Sky Clark's actually in that class because it happened so long ago, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, with his injury, there was some talk about, you know, is, is he, is he going to be healthy, all that. And, and I'll, I kind of want to touch on that just a second, too, with, with Sky Clark here. After, we'll talk about that after Shaden. Um, but, yeah, Shaden, I, I talked to people. I, I talked to dozens and dozens of people, coaches, uh, you know, eight, players, parents, you know, national insiders, college coaches. I talked to a bunch of people at Peach Jam about all these kids, but especially Shaden Sharp because it does feel like we're trending toward a commitment. Uh, I was first told that mid-August is when we should start looking at a commitment for Shaden Sharp, and I put that out there. Uh, I believe mid-July is when I first put that report out there. But we're we are inching closer and closer. I mean, we're right on the cusp of of commitment territory. Uh, I, I know that I think with the, the people that I talked to at Peach Jam, they kind of worded it like there was a commitment time frame, not necessarily a date nailed down, but Shaden has been wanting to uh, commit at you know, some point mid to late August. And I think he just did an interview with Travis Branham of 247 Sports, uh, and he just confirmed that publicly that late August is kind of the timeline. So uh, everything is pointing to Kentucky. The last time I talked to his coach slash AAU director uh, at, at You Play Canada, which – as a lot of you may know, uh, brought the likes of, you know, Shea Gildas-Alexander, some of the other top Canadian prospects in recent memory. 
um, that there's a lot of strong ties to Kentucky. I talked to Dwayne Washington, who's the director there. He said that they're trying to get uh, Shaden to play a little bit like Jamal Murray, where he can be that uh, one slash two kind of dynamic, bring the ball up the floor, can run point guard a little bit, but you know, also play pure shooting guard if need be. Uh, and Sean, where else can you go where you can become a Jamal Murray type player? How about the place that Jamal Murray came from? Yeah, that, absolutely. And you, you watch those recent highlight tapes of Shaden Sharp and just the way that he can get to the rim, the way that he shoots the ball, he flies above the rim. He, he fits that mold at Kentucky. And, man, it, it would be great if you can get that to jumpstart this fall period as you're moving into signing day. If you can have Shaden Sharp in your class, a guy that is pushing to be the number one player in 2022. A lot of people believe that. You believe that. I think he's right there in that top two, top three. Uh, I think he's, what, number six in the composite and number six in 247, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's a guy that's right there at the top. And I think that's the biggest thing about it with this NIL era that we've been talking about. You know, Kentucky, Jalen Duren, uh missed out on that one. But Cal can really jumpstart this class by getting a guy that you can kind of piece your class around in Shaden. It'd be huge for the Derek Livelys and whoever else they add to that class. Yeah, and and there was some talk. He, I know he did that interview with ESPN, and there was some worry where it's like, oh, you know, because he said that he was uh, 100% wide open, was thinking about taking more visits in the fall, uh, wanted to listen to the G League's pitch, and you know, kind of pushing the, you know, kind of kicking the can down down the street, and made a lot of fans kind of hesitant. Look. This is a player that is pushing for the number one player, you know, player in the class in, in terms of ranking. If you are a player with that level of branding and that level of, you know, what he's going to be, do you expect him to publicly go out there and say, yep, done deal, locked to Kentucky, uh, all these other coaches and, and professional routes might as well stop recruiting me because I'm a done deal. Uh, you guys are all wasting your time. Like, of course, he's going to build up some some intrigue and some interest, and and you know throw throw you know throw a little smoke screen here and there about you know making people not as you know just assuming that it's a done deal to Kentucky. But look, you talk to people behind the scenes. John Calipari hit a home run on, during his official visit. He was sold on the way he was going to be using this program, sold uh, with past Canadian players, the way that Cal has used them and kind of developed them and pushed them into the national spotlight and, and into the NBA as max level contract players. I, I was told that after this official visit that, that he was just absolutely done deal sold on the Kentucky basketball program. And that, that's all there was to it, that, that UK was the overwhelming leader and it would it would take a major 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 upset for anybody else to uh, kind of take over that top spot so look until I hear anything otherwise and if you look at the crystal ball if you look at the the future cast Andrew Slater who is the most well-connected individual in, in basketball says that there's nothing to worry about about with Kentucky that UK is in a great spot with him look just just go, you know play along he's gonna want to build some, some intrigue and build some hype to this but just let this thing play out, BBN, because this is I, this is one that that you should not feel worried about, and, and definitely one that, uh, like I said, I think he's in the number one player in the class, and um, it's definitely going to be a home run for Kentucky to kind of anchor the class going into this 2022 class. Another guy that we've talked about a little bit off uh, onto the side, Sean Adembona, is a player that. Uh, I talked to him at MBPA Top 100 Camp. He is scheduling – he has an official visit scheduled for the last week, weekend of July, of August. Uh, I believe August 28th is what he told me. Uh, this is a player that 
like Shaden Sharp, is a massive, massive, massive fan of the Kentucky basketball program. Uh, this is one that I was at Pangos All-American Camp in Vegas uh, a couple months back. And I had really not really heard of him. He came over to, to the States um, just in the last year or so, I believe in September or October. So he's very, very new to American basketball, and, and his name's just now getting out there. But his status as a surefire five-star is just it's, – it's absolutely clear at this point. And I was told that when he got over to the States, one of the first schools that he kind of developed a relationship with and, and – became a massive fan of is Kentucky and he's close with Sky Clark. Uh, and, and every time I've talked to Sky Clark's father, uh, he's brought up a dem as like, Hey, you know, they're really close. They kind of want to play together. They're feeling this out. This is one that Kentucky fans should be watching very, very closely. I know Kentucky, the, the Kentucky coaching staff is very high on him. Think that he's just an absolute bull, um, you know, workhorse down low. He's one of those 6'10", 240 pound, just absolute beasts. Uh, and, and definitely another player that I think could anchor, uh, anchor this, this class. I think he's going to end up being in that top 15, top 12-ish range in the recruiting class. And, and Sean, I'm a big, big fan of a Dembona, and uh, I think that he'd be a massive get for the program as well. He would be, and bringing his name up, I actually had Brandon Jenkins of 24-7 Sports on Kentucky Daily earlier this week, and I asked him about him and possibly Derek Lively both ending up at Kentucky. He thought that Cal would obviously prefer Lively. I think we all prefer Lively in that situation, but he actually didn't rule out that both would be interested in playing together at Kentucky, and that would be massive news for that class if both those bigs are there. Yeah, I, I I know Derek Lively is the one that everybody has their eyes on. He's you know seven foot two, you know can shoot threes, block shots like he's Willie Cauley Stein. I mean he's you know super athletic. He's one of those guys that that he's there's a reason that he jumped from you know top fifty all the way up to to top three. You know depending on where you look, and he's top three could push you know, make a push for uh, number one and. Look, you know, Derek Lively alongside Shaden Sharp. UK, there's a chance that UK could end up with both one and two. But, you know, Adembona, he's a guy that I think that this is a process that it's going to go rather quickly. I think that if Kentucky offers and I think his camp expects to receive an offer, uh, I've talked to, like I, I said, Sky Clark's dad, who they're very close with his camp, a couple other sources inside the program. There's a lot of optimism that, that this could be one that wraps up quickly. I don't have an official, you know, timeline for a commitment but this is definitely one that i think could could be wrapped up in the coming months month maybe uh especially with this official visit this uk is the only school that he's uh, really all that interested in i think that this is a if uk wants me they're gonna have me type deal and that i want to be there so you know for a player of his caliber who i think when he first got ranked he was ranked as high as number five in the country but he's in that top five top 10 top 12 top 15 type range and for good reason I mean he's you know he's he's still a little bit rough around the edges offensively like I said he uh, the majority of his time playing basketball has been in the FIBA scene and you know he's from Turkey he played uh, club ball in Turkey since I think he was 13 years old um, so so really new to American basketball but really uh, you know not that experience in just basketball in general he's only been playing for a couple years but this is a dude he's he might be a little rough around the edges but he works his tail off imagine Oscar Sheboy um with you know a little bit longer Oscar Sheboy that that is more of a, a power strength guy than you know Oscar Sheboy is kind of more you know he's strong but he's not gonna he, he dunks on people every once in a while but you know he's he's more 
Adembona is definitely more of the power dunk on your head type dude. And, and definitely if you're, if you're looking for a dude that's going to block a shot into the stands and uh, you know, tear the rim off on a dunk, he's definitely your guy. So keep a close eye on out on that as well. Uh, another guy, Sean, that during peach jam, well, two really that just received offers at the cl- conclusion of Peach Jam, Kaysen Wallace and Nick Smith. I'm curious your thoughts because you know, I know you've watched film on both of them and you like both of their games. It kind of feels like it's going to be a, a one or the other type deal. Uh, and I'm yeah. curious what you think, if you're John Calipari, who you would go after and what you kind of look for uh, between the two of those, the, the two of those guys. Yeah, and, I, and I spoke with Travis Branham, and he actually said the same thing, that he thinks it's one or the other. And his, he leaned Cason Wallace, and that's the direction I'm leaning because I think arguably Cason Wallace has the potential to be one of the best two-way players, not only in that class, but when he steps foot on college basketball floor, Jack, I think he has two-way player written all over. Mm-hmm. Defend on one end and offense on the other, I think he has that type of potential I really like Nick Smith Jr. too. I thought at first it might come down to who wants that spot first. Uh, but when you have Shaden Sharp already factored in there, you kind of see Kentucky only getting one of those two. I think Casey Wallace will be the guy. Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky are obviously the two schools, that, and Texas is, is there as well. I just think John Calipari, I said this, I think, a few weeks ago when we recorded this podcast, that I just think Cal's going to be motivated to not let a recruit like that slip away and get to Knoxville because that's the kind of guy you do not want to play against in the SEC is Casey Wallace. Yeah, and and you talk to people around the program who – during Peach Jam and while they were watching, uh, you know, watching these kids in action, you talk to the people close to the program and they're like, look, Casey Wallace, he might not be the most polished scorer. He's, you know, he's, he, he, like, he might be a little bit rough around the edges and, and various you – know, he's not a true point guard. He's not you know, the most knockdown shooter in, in, the, in the class. But if you add up all of his positive traits into one, you know, one piece that what, that what he is, it all comes down to him being a winner. He wins at every single level. Uh, he almost went undefeated throughout Peach Jam, the regular season in, in Peach Jam. Uh, ended up losing the, his last game. I think went 17-1 and over the course of the two-week span. The dude wins basketball games. He does the dirty work. He dives for loose balls. You know, he's a, a, a pest uh, up, in, up in your grill on the perimeter. He, uh, you know, jumps the passing lanes. He's a dude that he's going to, you know, go block your shot. He does all of the little things that make you go, wow, that's winning basketball right there. I kind of, you know, I've kind of been throwing little slight comparisons to former Kentucky players uh, or current Kentucky players to kind of give fans a a sense of what type of of dudes these guys are. Um, I look at Cason Wallace, I think a more offensively advanced uh, version of Ashton Hagens. That same, at Ashton Hagens' best, there was not a better defender in America than than him. And I think Cason Wallace has that level of potential, but he can also knock down shots. He's also capable of dunking on somebody's head. He can, you know, strong uh, finishing ability, which is something that a lot of people complain about with Ashton Hagens. Think a more offensively well-rounded version of Ashton Hagens, which, Sean, it's, it's really hard to get any worse than well, something like that. I mean, that's pretty awesome you know the other thing about him too that i've watched on film and i don't know what you got to see at peach jam he's really good at chase down blocks too yeah for his size for a for a perimeter player he's very good at that i think the moment if if he ends up at kentucky i think that you pencil him in as possibly one of the better defenders on the roster 
if he buys into doing that, regardless of where he goes, if it's Tennessee, if it's Texas or Kentucky, he's an, he has elite defender written all over him if he wants to be that. But he has a, I think he has a capable jump shot as well. He can play on and off the ball. I like his size at 6'4". I think he'd be a huge pickup. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people ask, like, why did it take Kentucky so long to offer? Well, Jack, we know this about Kentucky. They like to evaluate in person especially coming off the, the season that they just had. They want to make sure that these guys are what they are in person, and Case and Wallace absolutely checked off every single box that weekend. Yes, absolutely. And, and Nick Smith is the other guy. He, look, he is one of the most gifted, skilled offensive players in the class, just so silky smooth. He's comfortable bringing the ball to the floor, but, I mean, he scores at all three levels, and he's a guy that I fell in love with back at the Made Hoops event and in uh, Mid- Midwest Mania back um, in Indianapolis earlier this spring, he's a dude that I, I know was really wanting a Kentucky offer. And every time I've talked to him, you know, leading up to the offer, I think there was a lot of frustration there about, you know, the fact that UK wasn't reaching out as much as he wanted. And he kind of, he, the way he approached it to me is, look, I have made it clear to the Kentucky coaching staff that I would love to be in Lexington. He's a big UK fan. He, he's been kind of waiting for this Kentucky offer. He's been waiting for UK to put on the full court press for him. And that didn't happen. And, you know, you talk to people close to Kentucky and ask about Nick and they're like, well, look, he didn't play. Like he broke his left wrist and he missed three months of, of basketball. We're not going to offer a kid a, a scholarship without seeing him in person. And, and, you know, while he's, he's rehabbing from a broken wrist, like, and it, there was, it was just kind of this pushback and this little bit of tension between both sides where it was like, one was being slightly impatient. The other was frustrated about the impatience. And it, I think there was kind of this rift that I, I thought that there was a good chance that, that an offer wouldn't even come because of it. I thought that there was a chance that things might have gone downhill too quickly and, and that, that it just wasn't going to work out. But I think that they smoothed, thing, smoothed things over a little bit. And I do think that if UK put on the full court press form, I do think that UK could land them. But I also think that uh, they're, they're also very invested in, in Case and Wallace. Here's, my, here's what I'm saying. I don't envision a scenario where Nick Smith comes to Kentucky as a backup option. If they put on the full court press and say, you are our guy, uh, you know, I know UK wants to go the three guard lineup. I think that they're going to end up wanting to go case and Wallace, Sky Clark, Shaden Sharp, you know, one, two, three versatile, all three can play all three positions. Uh, I think that's going to be their end goal. And I, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. But Nick is a guy that I think that's why I come either say either, or I don't envision a scenario where Nick Smith comes and he's a sixth, seventh, eighth man. I think he's going to want to go somewhere where he's prioritized. He feels loyalty. Every time I've talked to him, he's talked about family loyalty, uh, strong relationships, strong bonds. He cares about the personal stuff a lot as well. Uh, so I, I think it, I think these next couple months, and I know he just scheduled an official visit for that first weekend of September, and uh, I think that could play a, a huge part in it as well. But that's definitely something to keep a close eye on: is how hard do they go after Casey Wallace? How how hard do they go after Nick Smith? Who is the priority of those two? And it does it come down to who commits first? I would not be shocked if it, if if Cal kind of gives both of them an ultimatum and says, look, there's one spot uh, for, for one, of, one of the two of you, pick your poison. Whoever wants it, takes it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Another thing, too, that's got to be factored in, and we won't know this for a long time, is who returns off this current team in the yeah. backcourt? We know that this, this roster is loaded with backcourt options. I know uh, you look at a guy like Tata Washington that people believe could be a one-and-done at Kentucky. What does Xavier Wheeler do? after one season 
C.J. Frederick's a guy that I think will be multiple years at Kentucky. So you kind of got to factor in that, too. But I think that this class overall, John Calipari, in my opinion, Jack, is going to want to press and have maybe 80% of this class wrapped up before they even get into the season at Kentucky. I think that would he would like to have the, the core of it together and then see what's returning and then kind of key in on that transfer portal in the spring and maybe a late commitment or – you know, reclassifications. We know that that's always a thing in the spring too. So I, I think that Cal and this staff is really geared up right now to go out, make and prove that they're better on the court, but also prove that they're back to who they were in recruiting with Antigua joining the staff again. Yeah, I think that's going to be absolutely crucial. And, and yeah, I think kind of waiting and see how this roster, I, I kind of go back and forth thinking, okay, is this going to be a situation where, Cal goes all in on his core guys. I, I, if you were to, you know, ask me right now who his five core guys are for this class, I'd say Shaden Sharp, well, Sky Clark, who's already committed, Shaden Sharp, Cason uh, Wallace, Adembona, and Derek Lively. I think those are Cal's five guys. And I, I kind of get the sense that if Cal were to push on all five of those guys, or you know, the four guys that are uncommitted, that that would be his five, and he would say, "We're you know, we'll we'll piece together the rest of the roster, you know, depending if there's a, a surprise transfer or a, a surprise player leaving for the draft, that he's going to get his core guys that he wants as the foundational pieces." Very clearly, Shaden Sharp and Derek Lively are the two foundational pieces of that class. And shoot, I think Casey Wallace is right there too um, as a foundational piece. And then just kind of piece the rest of the roster yeah like you said you know does Xavier Wheeler leave if you know they need to find a replacement there you could find that in the transfer portal Ty Ty Washington you know what I think they're going to piece together this roster with the foundational pieces that they've kind of penciled in and, and uh you know I think the way things are trending you could get Shaden locked up here soon a Dembono you could get locked up soon Casey Wallace you know I've heard that he's going to be an early signing period type guy so in the coming months at the very least um you know you go down the list you know Derek Lively feels like the only guy that uh, may wait but I still think that there's a chance that he, yeah. he that he pops in this the, the all period too I think so too I actually told somebody that the other day that I think that Kentucky's really going to put on the full court press there and try to get a commitment before that fall signing period and and Shaden's a guy that if you can get him soon like we all expect like Jack, I think it's entirely possible to maybe be on commitment watch the rest of this month. I mean, it's trending that way. And then surely into September, he makes a decision with where he's at right now. But if you can get him in that class with Sky, then you've really jump-started it. And you've got the, an elite talent in that class that others want to play with. And I think that that would be big. And we know how Cal goes on these runs and these heaters. He usually does it in the spring when it comes to the transfer portal and commitments, reclassifications, things like that. We also know that he can turn the heat on and go a string of commitments, two or three within a seven to 10 day period. It would be interesting to see what happens if Kentucky can get sharp. You know, Sky Clark has come out and told Sports, uh, Sports Illustrated recently that to be on commitment watch for multiple guys, well, is sharp the first one and then who follows? I, if, if you were to, to make me bet on it, I'd say those two players that he were talking about were Shaden Sharp and Adembona. We'll just leave that at that. Yep. Um, we wanted to make this right. a very, very quick episode. So, Sean, let's get out of here with these very two quick things. Derek Lively, uh, we've talked about him a bunch throughout this episode. Um, I still think it, things are a little bit quiet in terms of, you know, contact and all that. I think that he's kind of 
uh, in this little kind of waiting period where things are going to be be moving a lot behind the scenes, but he's still taking you know calls and and you know regular contact with the with the coaching staff. I still think Kentucky's in a phenomenal phenomenal spot. I think that they are battling back and forth with the three blue with the two other blue bloods, Duke and, and North Carolina. Uh, I know that Penn State there's a connection. His mother uh, Kathy works with the marketing department of Penn State, so uh, and it's you know kind of a local school for him. So that's another school to kind of keep a loose eye on. But uh, I do think as of right now, Kentucky is very uh, very much in the picture. Very much in strong contention there um like I said I, I do think that he's talking about maybe wait until the spring but I think when push comes to shove that this could be something that uh wraps up here in the fall and then I do wanted to I did, did want to just get one last update talking to Sky Clark's dad uh he is apparently very much ahead of schedule on his torn ACL uh that he, that he had surgery on apparently he's already you know very making a lot of, uh, you know, movements and motions and kind of slow, slight jogs and, you know, those sorts of things uh, that, uh, that are things that you wouldn't get until several months into a procedure, you know, after a procedure that he, that he just got done. So that's definitely a very positive, all signs are pointing toward him playing this, this high school season in Montverde, uh, that, that there's expectation that he could play, you know, some point mid, January or so I think is is kind of I talked to his coach in Montverde as well that that's kind of the expectation there and I think that his dad kind of feels the same way so there's a lot of optimism about him returning back to form and you know if, if there was were any concerns about Sky not being the player that Cal recruited him to be and, and you know not returning back to form I, I think that all signs are pointing to a, a full speedy recovery uh, and probably a lot more advanced and, and returning a lot faster than I think even doctors anticipated things are going extremely well. So I just wanted to add that in here to, to close out the show that things are definitely going, uh, trending in the right direction with Sky Clark and his hell, Sean. Yeah. I talked to Kenny recently too, and he, he was talking about Scott's comeback is going to be really, really good. He said, it's going to be great. Uh, so there's some excitement there, obviously to get back on the floor, but one more note on lively. So you think that Shaden Sharp is the top player in this class, but Derek Lively is your favorite player in yes. this class. So that tells you a lot about Derek Lively as, and, and Shaden Sharp and how, how good both of those guys are if you think Shaden's number one. But Lively's also my favorite. And a lot of it is Jack. I think that he has so much untapped potential to his game that we really don't even know how good he can actually be. Yeah. Yeah, Derek. Well, if he when he when he puts that together, it's going to be fun. If it comes in collegiate basketball, if it comes in pro basketball, whenever he puts that together, the rim running at his size. I mean, he can pin one, put one four rows into the stands, and then run to the other rim and cram on your head. That's that's Derek Lively. <laughs> well, and, and you talk to people close to the Kentucky staff, and and you ask, you know, they offered Kyle Filipowski, and there was a question: Why go all in on him? when you know he's a lock for for Duke and you know in hindsight probably not a great decision by the staff to even explore that option but I do know that they were very high on him they just wanted to get him on campus hoping that a visit could potentially change things they knew that he was trending toward Duke they knew that he was going to be an early signing period guy that was just kind of a last ditch let's see if we can you know let's offer a scholarship let's see if we can get him on campus and we'll see if we can shake things up because they're very high on him and unfortunately he's now at Duke which Really sucks, but ended up being a bid. Ended up being a bad PR move by yeah, UK. I, I completely agree. If you you offer and then you get turned down to Duke within seven days, when you kind of just could have not offered. So yeah, but 
he's a talented guy, very talented player. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But you you ask, you know, the difference why Kyle Phil, you know, is it a Kyle Filipowski versus Derek Lively? Is it you know one, uh, you know, the, add in a Dembona? Is it you know two of the three? You know, is are there two favorites? I got the sense that it was a we're going after all three and we want two of them. It doesn't matter which two. Uh, you know, they think Kyle Filipowski is the most advanced of the three uh, in, in terms of what they're going to give you immediately at the college level that's why they wanted him they think that Derek Lively has the highest ceiling out of all three of those guys and like you said I think when he you know when he becomes an NBA player this the sky is the limit there but they also think a Dembona is going to be a guy that he's going to be an immediate 10 and 10 type dude where he's going to you know block shots he's going to dunk on your head he's going to grab a ton of rebounds he works his butt off sets hard screens kind of does a lot of the little things as well so really it's kind of a pick your poison type deal right Sean like there's a you know it's kind of a what do you like most what do you think will translate better to the to the college level they love all they loved love slash loved all three of those guys and it's very clear that now that Kyle Filipowski is no longer on the table that they're going all in on these these last two and and there's a reason that guys like Vince Iwuchukwu uh, who UK was kind of flirting with there for a little while that UK cut ties with him stopped talking they hadn't talked to him for a month he now just dropped his top five and he's he's headed elsewhere some of the other top guys UK is not even sniffing at because they have found their two guys in the front court and that's who they're going after. So uh, that, that's kind of why if you were, if you were to ask from my dream class from UK's perspective right now, I think you're going Derek Lively, you're going Adem Bona, you're going Shaden Sharp, you're going Kaysen Wallace and then rounding it out with Sky Clark, who's already committed. And I think that's one hell of a class, Sean. It is. And if, if they can get this thing to, let's say, three to four signees in that early period, it would be a huge win. So we're thinking Shaden Sharp and Scott Clark for sure. And if you could get a Kaysen Wallace or a Derek Lively, one of the two to be locked in by the time you get to November, that'd be massive. Four would be huge, but if, I think three should be the realistic goal. Yeah. And I think that's one heck of a way to start it. And, and uh, I think it's very realistic. I think that here in these next couple of weeks, we're going to start getting the ball moving and, and things are uh, th things are trending in the right direction. Most certainly Sean. And uh, with that, let's, let's go ahead and, and wrap up and get out of here. I know that you have some stuff to do. I have stuff to do as well. So we'll, uh, we'll call it a show there. Sean, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. And you can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Packed Source of Save podcast. We will see you then. Oh,